Okay, okay. What's up, everybody? So it's um <clears throat> Sunday about 10:45, August. Uh, ooh, I don't know, August 27, I think. Um, it's a Sunday night again. Uh, we're gonna do a little live reaction right here, just uh, a little post. Uh, as long as I can find my way home, a little post um, metal fucking show. I just went to so. I had tickets to go see The Acacia Strain, uh, Suicide Silence, and Lamb of God. And right off the bat, I was like, fuck, that's a killer show. Like, it's a killer show through and through. But I didn't jump on the tickets like the very first day. Um, it took me like a week or two before I pulled the trigger. I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to, I knew I was going to get them because I was like, well, The Acacia Strain, I'm going to go. They opened up, so I could get my moshing done early instead of being winded as fuck at night. Like, you know, this hour, just get winded at like 7, 7.30. And I was like, oh, you know what? I had a, it has been a very long time since I've seen Suicide Silence, um, since their heydays um, pre-Mitch's death. I haven't really fucked with them since. Uh, and I don't really care. Some of the tours they get on to me are not are a little bit lackluster. Um, like if they tour with Carnifex and you know like Cattle Decapitation and like I won't go to that because I, not that I'm a homer to the hardcore or metal, but I'm just like to me those bands are a little lethargic, like sounding. I mean I don't know how to describe. I just don't go to their shows. But this one I did because I was like, oh fuck. Well, it's been a minute, too, since I've seen Lamb of God. Lamb of God hasn't... Lamb of God no longer does the small venue circuit. They're more relegated to big big shows, big arenas. And But I was like, you know what? It's been a minute since I've caught them at, like, a festival or, uh, like, any sort of fest or, you know, like, them in Killswitch or them in Hatebreed. Like, it's been a minute since anything like that. Um... And I was like, oh, this is a perfect opportunity to go see, you know, hear some old songs and just see what they play. Like, I haven't, once again, I don't, I don't keep up with Lamb of God. Like, they tour with bands that I don't necessarily care to listen to. You know, I don't, I don't listen to. I mean, they're not in the same, I don't know. Like, there's a, there's a, there's a, dif- they differentiate the bands. Um, and they don't really tour. Like, I don't know if. Lamb of God has toured with Slaughter to Prevail or Lorna Shore, Knock Loose, or, um, you know, any of these other bands that I fuck with now, like Heavy Body Snatcher. I, I don't know if that's the case. They probably have done a show or two with them guys, but they don't, that's not who they go on tour with typically. Uh, they go on tour with some random ass bands. And I always kind of see people talking like Ginger and shit like that, like, and not that they tour with Ginger or anything, but long story short, it's been a minute since I've seen Lamb of God. It's been a, a minute. Uh, I haven't really, I don't think I've seen Suicide Silence since before Mitch has died. Um, it has been since then, since I haven't seen them really. And they changed up, and I don't know if they changed for the better. Um, 
but they're still around. I mean, there's still people still going to their shows and stuff, and they're, they're still doing tours. And so this this show kind of fell into my lap as being like, okay, I fuck heavy with DK Shrine. I love old Suicide Science and I love old Lamb of God. Like, I'm talking old shit, like first album shit. You know, um, Ashes of the Wake, and you know, uh, I can't think of the albums of Suicide Science off the top of my head, but you know, No Pity for a Coward, that album. I don't know if it's The Cleansing. And before that, um, it's been a minute. So I was like, all right, well, let me come to the Acacia Strain, and I'll just see what's cracking with some of these with these bands. And the Acacia Strain broke it off. I was in there, and I was like, all right, what's going to get bucked, like, from the drop? That, that's what the Acacia Strain does. They just bring... A level of violence to their sets as a well-documented I've, I don't know how many times I've talked about their shows on this podcast uh, I'm a homer of the case trend one of my favorite bands of all time uh, and they have yet to fail me on anything they do um, they, they haven't failed me so I, I fuck with them heavy so I know but you know you know you get here and you go into it like okay well people are gonna fucking move like from the get-go, and from the get-go, it was wild, um, then Suicide Silence hit, and it is a little home show for them, and again, it's one of these things that they don't really play the small circuit either, like, they don't play, I don't know if they played the Glass House at any time recently, Chain Reaction is a no-go, and the Observatory, I don't feel that they play there that often, I think they're more relegated to like festivals and bigger venues, and like you know, I don't go to those type of shows. Um, and, and then they get on tours with bands, and I'm like, uh, yeah, I wouldn't really fuck with some of those bands either. Like, so it deters me from going. Uh, but with that said, um, yeah, again, the occasion does what they do. Wow. Uh, and with, I believe, the Beast, and then followed by True Crime. Uh, the case train is something special, man. Just they're just something special. Uh, I would love for them to be the biggest band like Lamb of God or Haybreed. Um, and I think they're I think they're pulling the right strings now to get up over the hurdle to where they can be have these crazy headlining shows, much like Lamb of God. They need to run that circuit um, for a little bit more, and then they should they should embark on being the big band on the stage. And, and again, you know, the the interesting set the the Acacia, the Acacia Strait played, you know, a lot of new stuff, a lot of old stuff. I, I like that they took out some songs, and they brought in some songs, uh, you know, it's always fun to see songs that I haven't heard in a while, or, you know, just songs that I haven't heard, or songs that, you know, I'm like, oh, they play that now, like, it's always fun to hear songs, um, that they've dusted off or brought back, or just introduce you to the newest, for a new time. 
Uh, but they went completely ate shit. Uh, and then, uh, Suicide Science, and I was kind of like, and wondering to what they would play. Uh, once again, I don't, I don't follow them much anymore. I see what they do, but I don't follow them much. But I'm kind of like sitting there, like just watching, and they do play a good amount of old songs. I was fairly, fairly happy about that. Uh, about half are old, maybe three quarters old, and there's like probably like five, six songs that I just don't know. So, but at no point did it seem like they were out of energy or the crowd wasn't like into it at all. Everybody was moving, moshing, uh, going ape shit. Now, once again, the floor of the arena, the Riverside Municipal is a good venue. However, much like, and I think they're doing it on purpose because I'm, I'm almost uh, positive now that all heavy metal venues have that fucking floor where at the moment there's a drip of water on it. You just start fucking sliding. I don't know how many people I've seen fall down. And it's a deterrent for people to mosh, even though they do it. But I'm like, God, yeah, I, I need some better shoes so bad. Like, I fucking slipped, I don't know how many times as well. They're just one of those things, like, I'm not exactly sure if they're doing it on purpose or what gives, but I'm like, I'm like, oh, uh, like, damn. But during Suicide Science, I mean, this shit was beyond with because. They went crazy for the occasion, and they didn't really get dried, and then it just went even wetter. The floor was wetter, but again, the, the municipal is big enough, it's roomy enough, it's close enough to my house. It's actually a good, decent venue, aside from the flooring, which I think, uh, looking at it now, it's kind of like, uh, okay, well, you know, it's a little bit... Uh, I don't know how I want to say it. Just, it was just a little. It was just a little crazy in there. All the sliding movement. Um, I lost my train of thought there. But Suicide Science played. Uh, no pity for a coward. Uh, wake up. Uh, I can't think of the name. Was Where Is Your God? That might actually be the name of the song. They opened with that. What else did they play that I? Uh, they played a really old song. I'm not sure if it's Destruction of a Statue or the other one with the, uh, the Family Guy soundbite. You know, they what else they played? They played uh, You Only Live Once. You know, those are songs that I do know. They played like a couple more songs that I do know. But in the number, there's about four or five songs I just didn't know. I guess that's newer stuff. Um... But I was just taking it, I mean, it was, it was probably the heaviest of metal tours I've gone to in a minute. Well, now I take that back. The Body Snatcher, Bellface, Angel Maker, that was heavy. But this was more metal-ish, in my opinion. Not deathcore, not hardcore, or even metalcore. This was more metal. And even though the, the occasion is, I don't even know what to classify them anymore. 
they were they they are a hardcore band. They were a hardcore band. They're more metalcore, but they have uh, the most insane riffs you can possibly imagine. Oh, with that said, yeah, this this was a, the most metal show I've been to in a while, definitely. Uh, you know, they ended with No Pity for a Coward, which was a nice touch, you know. You know, I, have, I haven't listened to that song in rotation uh, for a full minute. And not that it's not been in rotation, it's just... Um, and yeah, I just, I don't really listen to Suicide Silence anymore like that. Um, I, I know they made that one album, I didn't really think it was that good, and they made another one that I didn't listen to, and I don't know where they're at now, maybe they've come back around to being like, ditching the clean vocals, and it's not, a, you know, I don't really care about ditching the clean vocals, more so as it's, I hate when the music starts sounding bland, this band is a death core, death metal-ish, hardcore uh, band, you're not gonna fucking just start throwing at me fucking clean vocals, I mean, you know, expect me to be like, oh yeah, you're changing it up, no, like, no, like, if you wanna be death metal and you wanna switch it up, okay, well, pick thrash metal, speed it up, or, you know, throw in the most ignorant breakdown you could imagine, and then follow it up with some, you know, there's what there's avenues to go, I hate when bands do that, they're like, well, we're gonna make some bitch music, you know, so that way we can sell records, or whatever the fucking case, um, honestly, if everybody can clown on Metallica for doing that, I can clown on whatever band, um, but with all that said, you know, I don't, the songs, that they, I didn't hear any sing-along lullaby songs, so that was a nice touch, I mean, the set was heavy, uh, they called for a wall of death, that for whatever reason, I thought I was out of bounds, and I got pushed into bounds, and that was kind of cool, I haven't done a wall of death myself, personally, in a number of years, uh, and, and for the reason, every time I do it, I always fucking, fucking get hit in the head, and like, uh, I always walk away with some fucking bruises, like, damn, I always end up on the ground too, like, I don't know why that's the case, that that happens all the time, every time, and this time was no different, I was like, but this time was different because of, I slipped, um, but whatever, uh, that was a cool feature, you know, again, I haven't done that in a minute, uh, not a lot of bands call it, call for it. Um, I, you know, the wallet did this cool, bands use it sparingly. Um, you know, from the case train on, it was all circle pit, you know, but it was also the slip and slide circle pit, like, this shit was slippery, motherfuckers sliding to home base like every other fucking song. Uh, and then moving on, post-Suicide Silence, there was Lamb of God. The Lamb of God, I haven't really listened to since old, and then I leapfrogged like three albums, and I listened to Memento Mori or whatever it is. Uh, and I actually liked the album. I thought it was pretty good. I gave it like 
three or four run-throughs. Uh, the only thing I, I, I thought that they should have, you know, I felt it was, like, I thought that was, like, definitely a couple of good songs, but I don't know if they played those songs. That's the whole thing, like, I haven't listened to Lamb of God in a minute. Um, since the last, I don't know if they have a newer album, but Memento Mori was, like, a year or two or three ago. No, it was more than a year. It was, like, two, three years. I don't know if they made another one, so I don't know um, what, I don't know what they played. To be honest with you, all I knew of Lamb of God, I knew Walk, Walk With Me In Hell. Uh, they ended with Redneck. Hourglass was in there. Uh, now you have something to die for and late to rest. It's like the songs I know. And again, those are all like old fucking songs. No, I, everything else I think is newer. Um, you know. And so I'm kind of like, uh, like I don't, there's a whole chunk of other set that I don't know what is what. Yeah, and, and but if you're if you're a fan of them, you know their songs. I mean, everybody there was a Lamb of God fan. Most ninety nine percent of the people are there. Like, there's a little oddball like me that's like, oh, I like a couple of Lamb of God songs, and that's it. Like, you know, there's only the couple of oddballs like that, like me out there. Everybody else is like, but so, but they banged. I mean. I've never had beef with them. I just fell out of listening to them, and not for any particular reason. It's just for me personally, they don't. Again, I don't. I just don't see them that often. And like the shows I go to, I don't see them. They're not, you know, like unearthed. I have randomly seen unearthed a bunch of times throughout the years. Like, and and sometimes, and then I'm like, oh, they made a new album. And I'll listen to it. And then I'm like, oh, they're coming out with a show, and I'll go to it because they're playing with some decent bands. Or they're out warped to her, and I'm like, okay, like, yeah. Like, I don't know, I've seen Unearthed like that, and but I just, Lamb of God has probably been since Sacrament. I think that in that time frame was like the last time I seen them. Uh, and they weren't even the main band. I was pissed off because they only played like seven or eight songs. And I was like, Man, this wasn't worth it. Like, I think Megadeth, or I don't know, maybe it was their Anthrax or somebody was, like, the main band. And I was like, yo, these fucking old dirtbags are fucking boring as hell. Lamb of God was much better. Um, but anyways, uh, they played nice. Again, I don't know many of their songs. Now, I guess I'd have to go back and listen to them. I don't know which... I don't know, anyone needs somebody, I don't have many, many people that are Lamb of God fans either, so they can't tell me, oh, dude, like, this album's got bangers all through it, take a listen, like, this album isn't as good, they have a song or two, like, I don't even have anybody that's a Lamb of God fan like that, that I can talk to about it, and most of the people I do know in real life don't even listen to metal, so, you know, I only get information from a couple of my friends that I sparsely talk to these days, what shows they're going to, if they're going, anybody getting grabbing a ticket, what's, you know, and sometimes, like, my brother was sending me, like, yo, check this song out, it's from this random man, and I'm like, bro, this fucking band is wild, but I don't, I've never even heard of them, I don't even know if they're touring, and that's kind of the case, 
Um, but nobody's sent me like, hey, listen to this Diamond God song. This shit is crazy. And I'll be like, oh, I'll check it out. But nobody has done that in a minute. That, and that's the whole thing. Like, I don't know. Although, again, once again, I did listen to Memento Mori. And I did like it. I, I liked the album. I was just wondering, listening to it, if they played a couple of those songs. And I think there's the, the end songs of their album that I felt were the ones that actually slapped the hardest. Like, there's a block, like a two or three song block at the end of the album where I was like, yo, this shit will go hard live, but I don't know if they play those songs. Sometimes bands, it's like they play their very first song and they play like one song that they have in the middle and they don't fuck with anything else. Um, you know, that happens. When bands have several albums to choose from, it's hard to pick and choose what you want to play and what you want to cut out, what your most loyal fans go to see. Um, but that's, uh, again, by here. Lamagon killed it. Had awesome light set. Uh, the band is heavy. They haven't uh, skipped a beat in all this time. And, and for me personally, they played the songs that I wanted to hear. I wanted to hear uh, Late to Rest, which was high on us. And now you have something to die for. It's probably like my favorite song from that band. Um, you know, I got to hear Walk With Me Hell that I did fuck with heavy back in the day. Uh, what other songs did I say that they they played Redneck, which I, man, that was like their, that was, I think that's their most famous song. For whatever reason, people liked it. Um, they fucked with it heavy. You know, I'm like, oh, okay. And then oh, I forget what other, oh, Hourglass. Hourglass was dope to hear. I haven't, and I actually haven't even thrown on a Lamb of God. I haven't put him in the cycle in a hot minute. Uh, but I should. I mean, I, you know, maybe I'll take a gander over there now that I can osmosis the Lamb of God juices into my into my system. You know, I could take a I take a take a gander over there. You know, just listen to see what they got. Listen to their top songs. See what what's hitting, what's not hitting. Oh, but overall the show was good. I'd probably give it. Uh, just what I heard, just out of pure nostalgia, I could probably give it like an 8 out of a 10. There's a lot of songs I didn't know from the two main bands, obviously. Uh, and then the venue, you know, was probably 8 out of 10. Again, that, those are the two things holding it back. But the show overall was good. I mean, I, I, I had fun. Uh, I'd run it back, actually. You know, I'd run it back, definitely, like. They should run that shit back. That's an awesome lineup of bands. That's what the fuck I'm talking about, though. That is that this lineup is something that heavy metal is sorely, sorely missing, man. I mean, and again, I, I hate to fucking be the downer, but you know, fuck Slipknot, man. Fucking line these motherfuckers up, the good ones. Give the fucking fans what the fuck did we want? I, and I'm not sure if the fucking the bands are just not hearing this part. This show rocked. Uh, probably, I don't know, maybe two, three, four thousand heads in there. I don't know if it sold out, but I mean, it was a great capacity crowd. And it fucking rocked. You can have heavy bands, just a straight heavy lineup. And people will go. You know, the true heavy metal fan of me, the, 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 I just want nothing but fucking violence on my fucking, in front of my face was, 
is a 10 out of a 10 lineup. And I knew I knew that once it was announced, I, I knew it was going to go. I didn't buy it, like, as soon as it dropped, but I was like, you know, I'm going to get a ticket. Um, because this is like a once in a fucking blue moon now that these bands fucking collectively get together and, like, put out a fucking solid lineup. And again, like, the three bands are just fucking wild. Just wild. All three of them are wild. And again, I, I haven't really fucked with anything new of uh, Suicide Silence or Lamb of God, for that matter. But nonetheless, I mean, like, if this show, for me, if this show was 10 years ago, 15 years ago, I would have gone then and I'm going now. Like, this show is a crazy lineup. It was crazy 10, 15 years ago. It's crazy today. It'll be crazy 10 years from now. Uh, it's a fucking crazy lineup. Like, they just don't fucking do tours like that anymore, man. There's always a shitty band or two on the fucking lineup. Like, this We Came As Romans tour is coming up. We Came As Romans, and then there's fucking Emir and Body Snatcher and Architects Architects Collide. Like, that is the most wildest fucking random set of bands. But it makes sense, but it doesn't. Because We Came As Romans is kind of, to me, not my cup of tea. But I might go to it because Body Snatcher and Emir. I haven't seen Emir in a minute either. You know, I love me some Emir. Uh, Body Snatcher does what they do, and it's like, fuck. Why wouldn't I go to that? But it's not a. It's not that that lineup is not as stacked as this one was. This one was a fucking wild, a wild affair. You know, for a Sunday church evening. Um, but with all that said, guys, I'm gonna stop here because I'm now getting to my pad and. Uh, Essentially, uh, that's it for this for this podcast temporarily, because uh, I'm gonna go to bed and then we'll get up. Maybe we'll talk about I don't know Dragon Prince season five. Although once again they ended on a cliffhanger, so there's not much to talk about. But uh, I'm gonna pause it here and then we'll talk about something when I come back later. Oh, hello again. Good morning. Today is, uh, I don't know what day it is, but I think it might be the 28th or 29th of August. It's like 6.20 in the morning. On my way to work. A little tired, but let's uh, let's talk about Dragon Prince Season 5, The Mystery of Erebos. Um, And even Season 4 a little bit. So, this Erevos dude, he's a Star Touch elf, which I'm assuming is he can, like, not time travel, but he's interdimensional, and he's got some interdimensional magic, and the young kid, Callum, is probably going to wizard him out of existence but before any of that can happen they had to find him and that's what they were did all season five uh and they don't really say if they found him or not they just found a big ass pearl that might or might not be his prison (sighs) or another clue to finding where he's at but they haven't found him and homegirl's dad is about to die because he wouldn't sacrifice 
the homunculus. Uh, overall, the season five was good. A lot of action, a lot of people getting stabbed, a lot of people dying. Uh, I like that. I think in season four, they started showing some of these arch dragons like a little bit more. And that's kind of the point of the show is having dragons. Uh, Zim does what Zim does. Uh, Zim's mother happens to get poisoned uh, at the end of and then and then the end of season five. A, a mushroom elf. Uh, for it comes to savor. Not hundred percent sure how that works. Don't know if it's working or not. Uh, that's probably for season six. But hopefully it doesn't get canceled. I, I I liked it. I've liked the Dragon Prince since season one. Uh, I just caught up with it. And it seems like the animation for it has gotten so much better. And the dude that they have voicing Erevos is... He's clean as fuck. Uh, and with those said, I mean, like, I'm like... I'm sold as, like, yeah, this is a... They, it deserves a, a conclusion. Uh, I thought they were going to get to uh, unlocking Erevos. But I kind of knew that, like, once I got to, like, episode 7 or 8, I, they weren't close. And I just was like, you know what? They're probably not going to unlock him and defeat him. Yeah, this season, like, I, I knew they just weren't going to be able to you know based off of like I was like oh okay there's like nine episodes and we're already like episode seven they haven't even got to his spot yet and I was like oh man like I just kind of felt that like the, the season was going to end before they even got there and they and again it did they didn't I don't they went to the spot in the outcast where it supposedly was going to be but I don't know if he was there or not. I, I don't they don't say they found all they did was get an orb from the the crustacean down at the bottom. They may or may not be him. I'm kind of on the fences if if that's just another piece to the puzzle. Uh and they did they don't have all of his they don't have his location just yet. Or the ability to unlock him. Or, I don't know. Not exactly. I'm not 100% sure what's going to happen. But whenever season six happens, maybe a year from now, I'll be I'll be watching. I definitely will be watching. Um, I just like the characters. I would like to see this live, live action as well, like done, done right. Because uh, there's a lot of story to get to choose from. And yeah, like, I kind of wonder, you know, what's going to happen. They left season five, like, on a cliffhanger again. And it's like, okay, well, they left a lot of loose ends open. Like, it's nowhere near, like, the story is nowhere near over or finished. I'm just like, wow, like, 
what's going to happen with Zim's mother, what's going to happen with, you know, homegirl's dad. I can't think of his, uh, her dad's name, Soren's dad's name too. Can't really think of, uh, you know, what's going to happen with the dudes that stole the Sunseed to free... And he didn't, he didn't even steal it. He wasn't able to. Um, but he ended up getting it anyway. Somebody else brought it to him. After the lady went and, like, murked half of those elves. Our uh, guards straight up murked him. Uh, now I'm just kind of wondering, like... You know, who, you know, they're going to, they're going to, uh, help the other dragon get his sight back, but I think that's the, I don't know what they, the, the, not fire, but maybe the earth, no, the earth dragon is another one. And they spent a lot of time finding him in season four, but he, this was another one. I think it's the sun, he's a sun dragon or the, or the. And he's blind, but they're going to unblind him. But I don't know if they... They only have the sun seat to do it, so... I'm assuming... They're going to get to it eventually. Season 6. And that's what I'm hoping for. I want them to, like, get some of these seasons... Some of these things in order. I would like to, a definitive end to it. Whether or not to defeat Erevos. Uh, he's kind of a cool villain. Not necessarily that like, does anything, but he's still cool. Like he's politicking around. He's like probably the best political elf out there, I guess. But we'll see. But I get I give Dragon Prince season five two thumbs up. Probably like a seven out of a ten, just because it. You got it. You like cliffhangers, cliffhangers in general. You got to kind of like take it for what it is I kind of feel like if they go into a movie or into a series knowing that it's just going to end on a cliffhanger that's kind of I take a knock because that to me takes a knock out of uh, Beyond the Spider-Verse like Beyond the Spider-Verse is an amazing movie but I'm like it's a cliffhanger and everybody knows what a cliffhanger is. It's like the movie doesn't give you a definitive end. Um, and this one, this one, Blood Prince is another sickly, sickly cliffhanger. But I get it. I mean, like, but I mean, you got to deduct a point there. I got to deduct a point at
Okay, let's try this again. So, let's wrap up Dragon Prince. Uh, yeah, so hopefully there will be a season six. Um, they, they need to get to Erevos. I mean, the guy that's voicing him is phenomenal. Like, he, he sounds diabolical. I don't even know who's voicing him, but he sounds diabolical. And, um, yeah, Dragon Prince, two thumbs up. I guess I was nitpicking a little bit. I thought about it. I, I read it as seven. It might be seven and a half or close to eight. I, I really thought it was a really, it's a really fun series. <clears throat> Maybe I have to look at it in context of it's overall the five seasons, like from where it started to where it's at now. At no point do I feel like it's just becoming ridiculous. Um, it's really good. I, I've, I've enjoyed every season so far. They got dragons. Can't go wrong with dragons. Um, you can't go wrong with dragons. Just point blank. There's no going wrong there. Uh, and, you know, they got a baby dragon. They got, you know, King Ezrin. Calog. You know, it'd be interesting to see how they wrap up this story. I don't know if they... They're probably going to get a season six. And I don't know if they're going to get a season seven. I think the story at some point needs to end. And I'd like for them to expand on other things, like go back to the old war. Uh, they could do some prequel stuff to it. Um, I'm, a, I'm a fan of prequels in general. Star Wars, Lord of the Rings. The Rings of Power is phenomenal. And they can go even farther back. Um, prequels are the shit, you know. Some, most of the times, you know, even the Fast and Furious had a full blown prequel. I think it was the Fast Four or Five, one of them. Uh, it was good. It was actually one of the better ones. Um, but yeah, the the Dragon Princess two thumbs up in my book. Probably seven and a half to eight. Really depends on what you. Other than that, it's a cliffhanger, and then I, I there should have been more errors. They should have gotten to the point where they freed him. Um, there's a little bit of fluff, fluff episodes in somewhere in there, but overall it's good. Even the fluff episodes I thought were kind of cool. You know, introducing the baitlings was a cool touch. Um, that's what it was. You know, I was wondering because there was no other baits, and then they were like, "Well, now there's three little ones of his," and I thought those were. I thought that was cool, <clears throat> but. Overall, yeah, seven and a half out of eight. Maybe I thought it couldn't be better than a seven, but I, I thought about it. It's probably a seven and a half, seven, seven, five. Um, that's good. That's good. And um, yeah, that's gonna do it for the Dragon Prince. Um, we've got. I've got. I'm finishing up Baki. Uh, so we might talk about Baki in another episode. But let's talk a little bit about Raiders, fantasy football. Just wrap it out here in another five, ten minutes. Um, the season's almost underway. We're gonna. I think the season starts with the league, like around the eighth, seventh, September, which is right around the corner. Like shit, it's coming like quick. Um. Yeah, just football is amongst us. I mean, I I just got my four tickets transferred to me. I gotta put them for sale. I gotta try to get some money for these tickets. Here's a couple hundred bucks back. Um, 
you know, maybe even break even. Oh, but the the Raiders look pretty good in preseason. I know they got their ass whipped by the Cowboys. But I kind of don't feel like that's indicative of what's going to happen to the season. Uh, again, I had them going, again, 9-8 and eight or 10-7. and seven. Kind of feel that they're in that range. And this year, I believe that now that Jimmy Garoppolo has a familiarity, a very high familiarity with Josh McDaniels. Uh, and Aiden O'Connell is just flourishing. You know, it's fearless. We got a good a one, two, and even a third backup like at the quarterback spot that can handle his offense. Could win us a game if we need to. Um, I don't think we're going to have as many turnovers interception-wise as Carr, and I think we're in the red zone, we're going to convert a little more. And we'll be able to put the gas in the foot on the throats of some teams because we were able, last year what I seen was able to get a lead, 21, 24 points just before half, you know, and then just the offense wasn't effectively moving the ball well in the second half or scoring points, and I just think teams seen that and said, you know what, they can't they can't operate well down the down the road, and that, a lot of that has to do uh, with the quarterback. Um, I've seen too many picks, too many turnovers, too many uh, third down non-conversions and, and punts and the defense just stayed too long on the field and then you give any team a, several chances they're going to score any team you have to limit them to okay we'll take it from you're going to get eight second half tries to get them down to like three or four like chew up the whole fourth quarter you know get ahead of them 10 to 14 points and just run the clock out on them and that's, I think, that's what Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be able to bring to us. Um, he's one of the most efficient. The big question mark about Garoppolo is can he stay healthy? Can he not get injured? Can he not, you know, be a part of the team for the whole season? Honestly, the AFC West I thought was cooking hot last year. Uh, it remains a cooking hot Division, but we are not necessarily a full-blown Steelers division where the quarterbacks. It's not about their durability. It's more, or it's not about their accuracy, and it's about whether or not they're durable and whether or not they can just they're comfortable with throwing like one touchdown a game. Um, we don't play like that in the AFC West. At all. Not with Mahomes in there throwing four touchdowns. The teams have to score points. The Chargers have to score points. The Broncos have to. That was a big problem with the Broncos. I think the Broncos had it solid even. They just could not score no points. Uh, Russell Wilson was just not cutting it. Uh, but Sean Payton works miracles. Who knows? We're going to find out how good of an offensive coach he really is. Um, and I believe the Raiders are going to score points again. And I think we're going to be able to hold leads uh, or convert crucial thirds downs, you know, where it's 
you know, it's a big play in the game. And Garoppolo, I think Garoppolo can handle those situations. He's got big-time experience. Something that Derek Carr has had, but he never had big, big, big-time experience. He was never played. Played in one playoff game or something. And, you know, I, I don't... I liked Derek Carr for a number of years. Last year, I just thought he looked really, really out of sync from the jump. And then by the time we got into sync, it was kind of like, you know, too late. And then the team just kind of, you know, just the makeup was there for them to be good in the beginning and carry it. But, you know... When you're looking at a record of like five and nine, there's like almost no way to claw back into the season. Dudes just don't, they don't, you know, they kind of check out. Like, I'm not going to say Waller checked out, but people check out. They, you know, they'll play the guess, Let's go get the victory. But, you know, they're not going to um, give you their life for a play, meaningless play either. You know, nobody's going to risk a, a career-ending injury for a game that means nothing. So, you know, the mentality, but the mentality of the makeup of the team, you could see in the beginning was there. We were in a lot of games. We were, had the leads at halftime. A 10-point lead going into the half, like, and it would evaporate because we couldn't do anything offensively. And the defense was on the field too long. Again, you give any offense time to look at your defense five, six, seven, eight times a, a half, and they're going to score. And that 10 points, 14 points can quickly just fade to zero. Like, the NFL's built that way now. Especially with pass interference calls, roughing the passer calls, um, you know, anything like that. Like, the ball moves now. Uh, that's what they want, and that's what Eventually, the NFL um, is going to move that way. So, and with that, I drafted uh, my fantasy. I'm like ranked sixth out of or sixth in the league out of ten. I got with my first overall pick. I got Travis Kelsey. I, I have the number one tight end in the in the league. He's definitely a first round pick. I don't care what anybody says. Uh, running backs are just, I know everybody says draft the running back first overall. And I'm like, yeah, but in the late in the games, they, they don't get the ball. Um, running backs get injured and they get disgruntled. I don't, I don't really know. Like Alvin Kamara is not even a top running back anymore. So I don't really know, but I got Travis Kelsey. I picked up DK Metcalf and Justin Herbert. Those are my first top three picks. Uh, and then after that, I picked two running backs. I don't know they're, where they're from. I think they're. I got a cowboy and a an eagle running back. Um, I might struggle at the running back position, but I'm not struggling. I don't believe at the wide receiver position, at the tight end position, or the quarterback position. I think I got three studs on on my roster, and I'll just look. Oh, and I got a good... I got Daniel Carson. I went homer for the kicker. Cause I, get, I feel like the Raiders are going to kick field goals. Uh, and I, I was trying to get the 49ers defense, but I ended up 
getting the Bills, and I got the Cowboys defense. Um, and I got, I filled up my roster with other random people, so I was happy with that. Just had, uh, you know, just, I, I thought I dropped it well, but apparently I didn't move the, the needle as far as uh, the ESPN rankings are concerned. I don't know if they feel like Justin Herbert's not going to throw the ball. DK Metcalf has got nobody to throw to him either. Uh, DK Metcalf is going to put up numbers. I, I think he's got to be. He's probably one of the top receivers in the league as far as physical abilities. The, just the Seahawks need somebody to chuck him the ball. And I think Pete Carroll, uh, Geno Smith, now that he's had a full year, and I don't know what the Seahawks are doing at quarterback, but Pete Carroll, uh, I have faith in Pete Carroll getting DK Metcalf the ball. I got faith. Uh, I don't have that kind of faith in running backs. But I got faith in receivers. Uh, and I guess I'm going to have to put my faith in the Bills' defense. Uh, the Bills play the Dolphins, which I might swap them out every time they play the Dolphins. And uh, depends on how Aaron Rodgers is with the Jets. But Aaron Rodgers is suspect. I might go ahead and play the Bills versus the Jets because... I thought Rodgers was suspect last year after I had been riding high on his coattails for years. And, you know, and I didn't get Mahomes this year, but I got Herbert. I think that's a sneakily a deadly quarterback. Um, he shined last year. There's no two ways about it. He shined. Uh, he's in my division. I think they're on a, I think they're gonna waste his talent again, like they did with Philip Rivers. Philip Rivers should have won a bowl, but didn't. But I kind, I kind of feel like Justin Herbert is gonna, he's gonna put up stats year in and year out, um, as well as Mahomes. But I, I think Mahomes is gonna taper off because all he's got left is Kelsey on the team. Uh, but we'll see how it shakes out, right? This is why we. Everybody watches sports to see what happens. But that's my fantasy roster. Those are my top couple of picks. Those are my some of the people I got. I'm happy with it. Um, I'm very happy with it, actually. I think I'm going to do better than sixth. Uh, because I think I'm going to be in the games. And you know you know when you play fantasy football, there's always the, the, the fucking guy who's always going to have the, his roster. He's always going to be, like, undefeated. Like, a seven and all. And there's always going to be the guys that are fucking... The the un unwin the unwinning teams that happens in my league every year. Every year, there's always somebody who drafts just the randomest fuck players, and they're always going like on one, on two, and on three. Those they, they looking like professional teams, and so you know everybody starts politicking for their good players. Like, hey, send me them, send me that. Come on trade with me I do a trade with somebody when they say hey I'll give you this guy um, because I don't need him this week as long as you knock off the number two or three guy and you send them down to like the fourth or third spot 
I've I've done trades like that too. It's very interesting how people, how the top players in the leagues operate with the low players in the leagues and the middle players in the leagues. Um, and I need to get back to my winning ways. I won two championships in a row on fantasy football, which I thought was hella fun. Like because I was middle of the road all season, and then just Rodgers, Mahomes, and some of these other players that I had. I think I had Alvin Kamara one year. Just cooked in the fucking last, you know, couple of weeks of the season. And I fucking knocked off the fantasy champion. Like, um, Rodgers is no longer, I think, no longer a threat like that. But, I, I mean, <clears throat> I have been taking Mahomes the last couple of years, too. So, but I got a, I think I got a better players because I, sometimes I suffered with wide receivers, but... It is what it is. So with that said, guys, I'm going to get this wrapped up here. And then uh, we'll talk, you know, again next week. Laters.